0: This is an A and D podcast. We're a group of guys journeying together to follow Jesus more closely.
1: Well, hello and welcome to our latest edition of the A and D podcast. Today we are going to be talking about friendship and, and probably touching on the topic of loneliness. Um, we're joined again by uh, Steve and Rich and myself and Greg, and we're also joined for the first time by one of the team, uh, Tom. So, welcome to the podcast, Tom. Um, um, Uh, Just in terms of why we have chosen to talk about friendship and loneliness, uh, some of that is just my own observations that I think a lot of men, including myself at times, struggle to make and maintain meaningful friendships. And actually, if we look at surveys, there was a survey by The Economist, which says that 22% of men in the USA and 23% of men in the UK say that they always or often feel lonely, lack companionship, or feel left out and isolated. So our observation is that many men in the world are struggling uh, to to make good friends, maintain good friends, and are feeling lonely, so uh, we feel it's an important topic to cover. rich i 'd like to come to you first just to sort of talk about you know the context of friendship perhaps um, from a, a biblical perspective uh, and, and just some of your own ideas on on friendship please
2: yeah the shocking statistics though aren 't they well, that 's very it 's almost one in four say they feel often feel lonely um, and I guess that 's in some ways i don 't find it surprising because i 've observed it myself in a lot of the interactions I've had with men over the years, just chatting about life, and um, I'd say it is a pretty common common theme. One of loneliness or or a lack of meaningful friendships. Um, but actually, I think it is a a really big problem because it can have a, a massive impact on our on our mental on our mental well being because absence of those meaningful relationships is is in effect is a form of torture and that's why solitary confinement was was banned by the UN because they they literally said it was it was torture for individuals to be isolated and um, And I think it's in in many respects behind the male suicide crisis that that has now become um, very prevalent particularly in the in the UK um, you guys probably know some of the stats that we've talked about in the past. Eighty-four men each week commit suicide, um, and it's and it's a statistic that is very much skewed towards men. And the Samaritans um, did a study on on the male suicide crisis, and one of their findings was um, was isolation was a really big problem, um, and a and a driver of of really of, of some of the deeper issues of um, mental health, anxiety, depression. and and ultimately suicide Um, and one of the things they said was that men in particular as they go through their 30s tend to lose a lot of those those key relationships those key friendships that they've had for a long time Um, whereas women don't tend to women tend to um, manage to preserve those relationships better than men. So Greg yeah you also asked about the the kind of biblical context Um, and I guess the the thing that springs to mind first for me on that is that we are created to live in community. We are created as relational beings because we're created in the image of a God, which is by its very nature relational. You know, the three, the three members of the Trinity are bound together in perfect love. They're a relationship, and that's what we are created in the image of. And I think that is um, reflected in a lot of how the Bible talks about how we're supposed to live our lives. It's why we are referred to as the body of Christ. We are supposed to be so intimately and organically connected that we're like a body. And I think the other thing is that um, if, we, if we ask or if we look at what God asks of us, um, he says the greatest of commandments is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love others as yourself. Um, that is that is the mandate for for us and that's what is required for humans to flourish to love others and and when that doesn't happen and we're not in loving relationships then humanity
1: doesn't flourish it's a i think it's a great thought and you know why when we are created to be relational to so many of us struggle to do that you know i'd like to ask you all you know why is it you think that men are struggling to to make and maintain friendships let me start with you tom
3: I think, I think one of the things uh, for for me um, that strikes me immediately is because we are busy, we, we have our phones that are alive, we have lots of people in our contact list, um, but we are missing the essence of being a brother is to spend time with someone that actually cares and actually loves you and wants you to become more like Jesus. So whilst you're having a conversation whilst driving somewhere, whilst you're sending a, a message or, you know, a link or a kind of a, a rushed message, there's no value being kind of bestowed on your brother. You're just sending them information, which is what they've been bombarded with maybe all day and a week. And actually what they want is that kind of arm around the shoulder and, and know that they have value. Um, so I think probably that would be one of the things that, that strikes me most about men struggling to almost realise why they have lots of friends, but feel lonely at the same time. Mm.
1: Steve, any any thoughts
0: for yourself? I agree with Tom. I feel that uh, we keep things very much on the surface, um, and we don't really um, get to, to the depth depth of things. So, although we can potentially pick up a lot of companions or people that we kind of get on with uh, in a in a day to day circle, do. I think we struggle often as men to be vulnerable and to, and to go a bit deeper. Whereas that's definitely something that we know that women can find a lot easier that they'll, when you, when I'm reminded of the story of, you know, what, what an ideal weekend looks like maybe for um, our partners or our wives can often be just, going to a coffee shop and just catching up and just talking talking endlessly i'm always saying the uh, the last people left in the restaurant uh, and i'm a restaurant manager are often women and because they're just talking and talking and talking and they and they and they're like they don't realize what time is and um and that and, and that's a really lovely thing if you're not trying to close a restaurant obviously <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think it's both kind of fasc- fascinating inputs um and, and i absolutely agree and i've actually found a, a proverb which kind of Helps speak kind of biblical truth over this. You know, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, "One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin." But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And another version says, "A man of many companions may come to ruin." And I and I absolutely feel that what that's saying is, you know, having lots of people that you know um, isn't necessarily a bad thing in itself. But if you lack those genuine close friendships those real depths of friendships in the long run that's going to be you know hurtful it's going to be painful and you know again in kind of proverbs proverbs 17 17 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity and it's almost speaking to the fact that you know your family will always be around when when there's a you know when there's a a tragedy or something serious goes on in your life you know your family rally round but for some people their families aren't their friends I mean I'm very lucky I get on brilliantly with my family but for many people that's not a case and and actually um you're if you're in a situation where your family are not your friends you know you need those friends around you at all times to kind of go through the highs and the lows and, and I absolutely agree that as as men we've put kind of um facades or put distances with where we're willing to go with our mates we'll talk to them about work we'll talk to them about the football we'll we'll talk to them about you know kind of politics but we won't talk about our feelings we won't talk about struggles we're having in our marriage or in um you know in in, in, in parenting we certainly won't talk about our sex lives you know we won't talk about those areas of life that are, are vulnerable and are potentially broken and actually an input from a friend could be really releasing could be a really positive thing um for our lives and um yeah i, I guess it, i'd be really keen to hear some of your stories of where you you have seen some of that you know for me when i have opened up when i have built meaningful friendships that has been fantastic and I, I'd love to hear some of your own experiences of that and, and what it took to, to, to get that. Um,
0: Steve, could I, could I maybe start with you? Yeah, of course. Um, interesting question, Greg, actually, there's, there's part of me that thinks, Oh, I'm not, um, the right person for this podcast. Cause I actually find, um, that I've, I've got an awful lot of really deep relationships. Actually building friendships is, is something that I've, I now find, um, you know, quite, not quite natural, I guess. And I, and I guess the reason for that is because I do find vulnerability probably easier than most guys. Um, that's something that I've just, um, I don't know why that is, but it is it's certainly something that I, I can, I can do easy. And I, and I really enjoy, um, just being able to, to go deep with, with other, other guys and, and, you know, maybe open up a bottle of wine and just, and just kind of chew in the fat, but it's definitely not always been the case. I think, um, when I was at school I, I really struggled with wanting to be with the in crowd and wanting to yeah um be in with the crowd that maybe I wasn't I wasn't uh aligned with because maybe being grown brought up in a Christian family I, I kind of felt on the outside of it and and I really I came away from school just um absolutely finding it a really really tough time I don't, I don't i don't really look back on school fondly because i just found it so isolating and that was because i didn't have the security of those friendships now as soon as i got to college i um then began to form some deeper bonds with some guys and i'm i'm still uh best friends with with three of them now actually um but that gave me the security to then be i guess the person that i wanted to be and um and 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 then I was uh, yeah i just found life a little a lot easier after that. But I think um, yeah, knowing knowing myself and knowing what my strengths and weaknesses are, um, it, it's I really enjoy I really enjoy going deep with guys and building those friendships. But I think I definitely have to be careful of um, managing um, the fact that I I might have quite a few, and and I and I definitely struggle sometimes with um, the. I guess the empathy part of it is that I want to journey with these with with other guys and in in other relationships but sometimes that can weigh heavy heavy on me as well.
1: And Steve I would absolutely agree that you are someone who's got a natural ability to to be open and you and I have a good friendship and 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 we've certainly you know in terms of some of the people I've opened up to most you, you know you're definitely one or two or three in that camp but have you found that people are reciprocal? So, you know, you said a moment ago, I find being open and, and kind of natural or vulnerable. I think you said easier than others, you know, when you've spoken to friends who aren't that character, have you found that they have been reciprocal in that?
0: Yeah, I, I think I have really. And I think um, it's fi- It's finding the opportunities to do so. I heard a great description of, of a friendship is, is, oh me too. So once you found that, that connection of, oh yeah, me too, then then often you can go deeper on that thought. But I think um, you can't just go jumping in to deep conversations all the time. That just, I mean, I definitely wouldn't have close relationships <laughs> um, <laughs> if I was doing that all the time. It would just be quite annoying, I'm sure. But I think it's just um, about um, finding the, the, the right time to, to be able to, to do that. And, and, and I guess it's also being brave enough to do it as well. It's, um, it's, when you kind of feel that nudge of maybe I want to ask that question is, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that somebody goes, oh, I don't really want to talk about it. But, um, but often I think, I think you'll find, and, and, and I think we've alluded to it that guys really want to, it's just that maybe we don't give each, each other the, the opportunity.
1: Mm. Rich, how about yourself? Can, can you give examples of where you've taken the risk to, to build a closer friendship and uh, yeah, just, just talk, talk about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well I was, I was kind of reflecting on the, the the two issues that we that were raised earlier, the busyness and the vulnerability um, issues that get in the way but if you kind of take the the opposite of those two issues and um, look at the commitment that we we often put into our friendships the friendships on this on this call, um, that is a beautiful thing when when you know. That you have committed to somebody and they're committed to you, Um, because I've got no no doubt that if I if I needed some help in the middle of the night and I phoned one of you guys up, you would you would you know you drive two hours to come find me if if that's what was necessary, Um, and and that that requires commitment and that's where the busyness problem um, thwarts us because we don't feel like we have the time to commit, Uh, but when we do commit, it's um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I think the vulnerability one, again, I think the, the flip side to that is, is when we do start to, to share and when others share with us and we start to see what's going on on the inside, when we start to understand somebody else's story, their struggles, their wounds, their desires, their passions, um, then, then yeah, we're in a really, um, we're in a place of, of, of honor and opportunity. Where we can really speak into their into their lives and encourage and and help and help that individual flourish and you know I'd say that with all of you guys on this call that you know we we know each other at that level and it's um yeah it's it's a
1: dangerously beautiful thing. Amen. Well, well Pet Tom, I'd love to hear from some of your stories as well of, of kind of building friendships.
3: Yeah, sure. So I think for for me, being having Christian brothers. I guess the first time I I kind of sensed that was probably at university when I was walking that tightrope of uh, finding your feet as a, as a man in the world and still trying to love Jesus. Um, and I had uh, two particular brothers, you know, that walked alongside me in that time. Um, they were blunt enough uh, to speak to me and to challenge me on um, what I said and what I was actually doing, which uh, definitely um helped me and guided me and they they drew a line in the sand that was particularly helpful for me um as I was kind of a like a young man. Um, and um, and I think that without that ability to be you know be frank and, and be honest um you know which which will come with investing with that investment of, of time um then you can be safe from ruin as you've already um, quoted uh, which it doesn't feel like that when often that challenge comes across when someone kind of fires it across you like that it doesn't feel like that at all but I've often found that when um, kind of brothers you know that that I've that have I know have loved me that the truth that they have spoken will just go round and round in my head and will just not leave me. and as I'll normally come to have to humble myself to realise that they were, they were spot on, and um, I was unable to see potentially uh, the flaws in myself. Um, and because they, they just had a yearning that I would be closer to Jesus um, and be more like Him, um, I think there was quite a big time gap, I guess, between me finding, you know, obviously like you guys on this call, but um, also seriously investing. Um, In brothers, Um, I think again. I would say one of the mistakes I made. um, I'm quite a like a petrol head. I would say that um, you know, there's kind of there aren't too many people that I found in potentially the the Christian church setting that were similar to me. Therefore, I was very quick to write people off um, as being you know like a brother in Christ. And actually, the second I um, got over that and realised that actually I have more in common. Uh, with someone that is trying to be like Jesus than anyone else I might meet. Um, I realised that actually those relationships could um, could be forged, could form. Um, and uh, yeah, there was just massive fruit. And of course, the, the second um, like amazing part of that is when someone is following Jesus and you're following Jesus and you're pursuing with, with all your heart. And someone who is completely different, is unpacking the same world differently and is, is finding different challenges and can challenge you in different ways and support you in different ways and vice versa. Um, and I think that is, um, again, you know, I needed to, to kind of get over myself there um, and realize that actually someone that loves Jesus means you have an immense amount in common with them. Um, so I think that was definitely something that needed to challenge me and to work through me. Um, And now as a result, I'm able to harvest meaningful friendships far faster. um, As, you know, I I guess I'm, I might be able to see someone's heart for Jesus a lot quicker than potentially what they do or, um, you know, how they spend their spare time.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Tom. I, I think from my own experience, when I first, um, I guess, in my early adult life, and that was also some of my early kind of time of knowing Jesus, a lot of these closer friendships felt like what a lot of churches, I think, would call like accountability. And that that sounded like a time where I go and admit my failures or admit my kind of repetitive um, sins to somebody and yeah i would probably kind of quite like that person but it felt kind of very formal it felt like almost as almost like a confession you know sense of guilt and and actually you look at jesus and his time with the disciples and yeah he absolutely called them up on 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 their lives at times and and sort of brought into that into you know, the, the spoke truth into their stories. But he also spent a lot of time having fun with them, I believe. You know, he went to weddings with them, he went to um they they had parties, they had picnics, they, you know, they they were they were on a walk and, and journeying together. And actually, as I've improved building closer friendships with with some of you guys, and and actually some other guys who who don't have a faith as well, it's been around that that time and and kind of walk going on hikes together going through times of adversity together uh, and not just sort of admitting a fault but actually sort of really chatting a, a subject through and um yeah i would be keen to i you know i begin to talk about jesus just for a little bit you know what do you observe jesus is is saying or doing when when he's um sort of modeling friendship um perhaps if i could start with you rich um <clears throat> yeah, I get. Well, I just um, I've got two thoughts, I guess, on that. The first thing is you,
2: as you were talking there about um, you know accountability, relationships, and the like. I guess um, I guess you know one thing we haven't really been blunt about on this call is what we mean by friends. Yeah, and and I think all of us would consider when we talk about friends we're not talking about facebook friends and associates and people that we might have a laugh with now and then we're really talking about those few that um you know we we build deep enduring and committed relationships with um and it's not going to be a large number unless you're steve obviously (laughs) but for the rest of us um it's not likely to be it's not likely to be a big number because friends like that you discover you know they're not they're not people that um you come across very often, and you discover them on a shared journey and and you know there's no better journey than that journey of becoming like him, as you say greg um but then yeah the question the next question was was about how jesus modeled it and when I was thinking about this earlier the the um the story that came to mind was was this, the story around the Garden of Gethsemane just before um, Jesus went to the cross and then, then after he, uh, after he rose and you have that scene in the garden where he's, he's in pain. He's, um, not physical pain, but emotional stress and, and anguish. And I think he said his, his soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. And, and he keeps going back to his friends and, and asking them to watch over him, to pray for him. And so you, you get that sense that he's he's not walking this walk alone. He's dependent on others. He needs the presence of others, but yet they keep failing him. But yet he doesn't he doesn't um, he doesn't forsake them. He keeps going back and you know with a with a candid rebuke and saying, "Please watch over me." And then we have that whole dynamic with Peter. Um, Jesus knowing full well that Peter is going to let him down big time when it when it really counts. But he doesn't stop living, loving Peter because he's committed to him as, as a friend. Um, and then after the resurrection, obviously we've had all of the disciples flake out on him. Peter, especially, has, has blown it. And, and then he meets them on the beach. And, and he has that, we, we get that you know, incredible scene where he's just he's, he's defeated death. He's defeated the enemy. And he, and he turns up with his mates to have a barbecue on the beach. And then at that moment, he goes for Peter's heart and, and he talks to Peter and he takes Peter back to that, um, that moment when he let him down the most and, and he's healing Peter in the process. And he's, he's asking him three times, do you love me more than these? Just in the way that Peter denied him three times. And I, don't know, I just think it's, a, it's just such a beautiful picture of how committed Jesus was to those well, all of us, but, but in, in that story, those those friends that were closest to him that he knew were going to let him down, but he was committed and he loved them anyway. Um, so yeah, f- that for me, I think Greg was, was probably the, the, the best one that came to mind.
1: Thanks, Rich. Guys, I'd really like to talk about where you have seen good friendships modelled, who have been the inspirational men or, or potentially women as well, who have sort of shown you the way of what, a really good friendship um can be has anyone got any um you know, stories they'd like to share on that
0: yeah i could um, jump in actually There, i'd walked away from my faith for 10 years and um i was working in a restaurant um with a guy who um who was a believer and a follower of jesus and um we just uh used we got on really really well and we'd end up finish it finish the shift and having a couple glasses of wine and i'd just be able to be really honest about um where i where i was at and what i was thinking about and that helps when you've had a a couple of glasses of wine and um and and it's you know and it it also helps over a beer so i think those are good things to do but he he, the model of friendship that he showed is that he just fought for me and fought for my faith from um from that day forward that really from when i got to know him i just knew that he was always there he was there for me when i am when I was going through my toughest times at work and, and he was, and he was, and he'd just say, look, should we pray together or, or something like that? And, but, um, but just, yeah, I guess that model of friendship when somebody, you just know you're going through a tough time and you know, somebody is there is, um, is a, is a truly, truly precious thing.
1: I think one of the things that I did probably particularly as a young man. So my parents divorced when I was 18 and at that, stage I had a pretty low opinion of of marriage my I was I probably had a circle of about seven friends kind of good friends at school five of us had our parents and split up during my secondary school years so I kind of came out of childhood feeling that kind of committed relationships were a pretty pointless venture and um when I first kind of was re-inspired to to get to know Jesus well um one of the things that I wanted to invest my time in was spending time with married couples who had a good marriage and effectively learning what it meant to be to have a happy and, and a longevity of a marriage. And, um, and that was incredibly, incredibly helpful for me and completely changed my opinion on, um, on relationships. And, you know, I'm now married and, and I'm, very very committed to being with Emily until kind of death do us part um but I've had to learn along the way you know what that means the sacrifices that that takes the the you know the ability to bite your tongue not not kind of lose your temper and you know I'm, I'm far from perfect at it and you know quite the opposite I, I make lots of mistakes but I am committed to Emily and I'm really, really grateful from some of the lessons that I've learned and, and absorbed from friends. And and some of the ideas that I've put into my own marriage and my own parenting were, were ideas that I gathered probably 10, 15 years ago when I wasn't particularly interested in getting married or, um, or having children at that particular stage of, of, of life.
3: For me, it's, it's, it's death rich. Um, I guess I came across this path in probably a moment of adversity um, uh, was probably, I guess, how we were probably introduced. Um, and I guess it's one thing for someone to say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out a little bit. But, you know, to have, as it were, a brother for life out of it just shows you how um, God can make something terrible, um, you know, kind of like... Uh, yeah, something you know, truly special and, and really great. And I think huge value comes from for me. I guess I looked at my peers and realizing that they never really had the answers, and then looking to people may maybe in the next stage um, of kind of their walk with Jesus. You know, where you know, whether it's like parenting or or married or they've already got kids and um, and seeking that wisdom because. I feel that they're far better to see, you know, the mountain from the molehill, um, because they've kind of lived through it and they can uh, reflect on, you know, what is actually happening, what is the actual problem, what is the the focus of your attention that is taking you, um, that is is making the relationships or the relationship difficult, and um, that you you find that you're you're faced with. Um, I mean very personally uh rich probably just listens to me ramble on and on and on uh, which is um and and actually one of it's good, the it's good entertainment tom Don't... I, mean, I mean it it's must not... be um it must be but um because i can't think either that or you you know you have a little break and you, you know you do your shredding in the background whilst uh, um whilst you listen but i think that and and in a way i was um i was reflecting on how in the Bible, you've got all these stories of Jesus kind of addressing a topic that the, his disciples may have been talking about. I often think that you didn't, if they, if they were discussing a topic, they were probably discussing for like days or hours. And I'm sure Jesus listened and listened and listened and listened. And when you or I may have just said enough, just do this, or would have fired him with the advice, he listened to, to some more until they would almost done with talking and then said what do you think jesus you know and would turn to him um and i think i guess there's elements of that that um i feel are probably true with um, me and Rich way just listens to me drone on and on um, and one uh one example i have in my mind was um after my um second uh, little one had arrived um my son, he was particularly tough, like for the first four months. And I remember rambling on about how hard my life was with, you know, dealing with my wife and no sleep and shift work and, and all this sort of thing. And and then there was a pause and Rich just said, Yeah, but you're gonna go home and love her, aren't you? Right. At which point I said, Yes, in a kind of begrudged tone, but I think that sort of kind of depicts what um you know a truly valuable relationship can do it kind of can cut through it all the kind of the noise at the same time deliver love and also make sure that my family is blessed and my relationships are blessed and i am blessed and that i'm not just stuck in the same uh, conversation or same mindset
0: that i might have kind of got myself stuck into before um rich dumps in with maybe his tails off it Tom makes an amazing point about listening there I remember we um we once put on um, Craig from the wild up heart team sadly passed me and we uh, we ended up watching um, a bit of his funeral and, and, and it stuck with me there's um there's somebody that said about him that that he just always had time for you and he um no matter who you were he just he'd just always be able to sit and listen and I remember hearing that and just and just thinking oh, I'd love that to be said about me one day because I think that I think that is definitely one of the the keys of being a good friend is being able to listen well
2: yeah yeah it's interesting as, as you guys are all talking it I guess it's um I guess it struck me how um how we all experience the beauty of friendship through our closest friends but in different in different ways because we all reflect the character of God differently and and it's almost as if we need different friends in our lives in order to better understand God because just one person doesn't have the capacity to to reflect God in all his fullness and so having those different different friends in your life that bring out something different about who God is um is really is really valuable and I, and I can see that in you know the relationships I have with you guys you're all you all reflect the character of Jesus in in different ways in unique ways um and you know you put it all together and you get a much better better picture of who God really is mm.
1: I think it's also important that y- you know yes we are on a journey to um become more like Jesus but often we can kind of put that into a box so it it can become know, achieving certain tasks around your faith or becoming, you know, more selfless or becoming more um patient. But actually sometimes friends can just help you through through the everyday or the 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 sort of the steps that come up in life. And um you know this isn't an everyday but an example for me this year. So so my dad died in, in January and I wanted to to give a eulogy um but, but was obviously sort of nervous and hesitant to do that. And but Rich had been open and spoken about when he gave the eulogy at his own dad's funeral, and Rich was really able to kind of coach me through the reasons he'd done that and and give me that little bit of encouragement to say, yeah, you should do this, Greg. Like, don't kind of miss out on that opportunity. And and so I'd made that choice. I'd, I'd committed to do it. And then you know, inevitably, the enemy tries to feed you lies kind of tell you it's not good enough you know you're not gonna kind of honor your dad as well as you could and 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 Steve and his wife Susie came around to our house and and I wasn't feeling very confident about it and deep down I knew that this eulogy was was good but I was it was full of the lies from from the devil telling me it wasn't and and actually Steve said look why don't you just sort of share it with me and you know I sort of spoke to to, to Steve and Susie and my wife, Emily was there as well. And, you know, just afterwards just gave me a hug, just sort of told me, honestly, kind of what they felt of it. And, you know, that was incredibly helpful and, and got me to a place where I could deliver a eulogy. And, you know, that's one of the moments I'll probably look back on in my life with a real sense of pride that I, I did it and I, and I did it well. Um, and, and friends kind of helped me get to a place, uh, you know, gave me the foundation, um, to achieve that. Um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. It does, yeah. And, and and it's a um
2: it's a real it's a precious thing to be on the receiving end of that, Greg. So I think when you know, when I find I have those sort of conversations with you or or Tom and Steve where one of you is is honest and vulnerable with me, it's it's a tremendous honor. And and you know, you you, you want to be part of the solution. You want to help because you've been invited into some some you know some really precious parts of the other person's heart and that's that's a real honor uh, yeah i i um you yeah, know whenever um somebody shares something with me which is is um you know kind of painfully open and, and honest and you know they're feeling awkward about it what's going on in my in my mind is is hallelujah this is a good conversation i i get i just hate those those conversations that we that that often happen amongst, uh, I don't know, it, people, church groups, where, where we talk about superficial stuff and we we, pay for, we pray about sore toes and, and busyness at work. And, and I frankly, I just, that sucks me dry. I have got no real interest in it. But when somebody shares something of real depth and meaning and honesty about some stuff that's going on in the inside... No, I I just think well that's brilliant. That that's where the that's where the uh, that's where the gold lies.
0: I think it's also important to sense that in our own friends as well when we feel like they are are in a place where, and and if they're not potentially coming forth with with that vulnerability, it's just maybe just you know being part of being a good friend is is maybe going after them and just and and because you could, because the friendship is is it's kind of unconditional it's like you know it's almost like having a sibling and i am um, you know i'm lucky to to have siblings where i have that relationship with well as well and it's precious but you, you know you know with your siblings it's kind of unconditional and they're just going to go after you and, and, and be like that But when when you when you have it with other friends as well i think it's um i think it's cold
1: so just as we draw to a close, I'm conscious that for some listeners, this will be a really raw topic. It will be an area where they genuinely feel lonely. And, and I know we've sort of been talking uh, lots of ideas, but has anyone got any kind of final nuggets of advice that they would give to a man who is feeling like I'd love to have a closer relationship with, with people I know? And um, you know, what what would you say to that person?
0: I think it's about, um, so, yeah, I, it can be a tough situation sometimes, uh, but I, I, there are often there are going to be guys that you can find a common ground with, and I think it's finding that starting point. And I think action with guys is incredibly important. You know, we talked, Greg and I um, mentioned going for a walk, Well, that is a great place to start, especially at the moment when that's basically all we can do with a, with other people is go for walks. But but finding something uh, an action and. Uh, that is also enables a conversation as well. So going and watching a movie with a guy, I mean, might be a nice thing to do, but you're not going to get any conversation out of it. Um, and maybe going for a drink or something like that is, is a good thing. But I think um, walking or activity is a, is a really good way of just being able to initiate that start.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, mm. I guess the other thing I'd add to that is... Um, I guess the reality of forming friendships in the, in the context of what we mean as friendships is it, it is a risk. It's a risky business um, because you've got to be open and vulnerable. You have to invest time and effort and energy, and it may not be reciprocated. And you, the more you share, the more you're vulnerable, the more exposed you are to being wounded. And, and so that, you know, the harsh reality is it's, it's not all, it's not all beer and skittles as, as Rupert would put it. It's, um, you know, it can, it can be brutal and it can go wrong. Um, but I would also say it's worth the risk. Um, I'm just being honest that it, that it, you know, it's, um, it's a risky business, but I frankly don't think we have any choice in the matter. I think it's, um, i think the, uh, the 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 risk of of not investing in friends and and friendships and developing them is is um far worse
3: um i think without being too simplistic about it i think one of the things when you know um is is just really being up in prayer before you even open your mouth um if you are kind of meeting up with a brother and you kind of share a potentially like some common ground maybe you know, like a Christian brother or, um, I guess I'm thinking specifically is before you ask, how was your week or anything like that? It's, I just think it's invaluable. Just, uh, um, just, you know, like a one line, just invite the Holy Spirit in, just get him in amongst your, you, your hearts, what you feel you do or don't want to say, um, and, and just call that in and also just ask God to give you the right questions to ask, um, I think that's really important for uh, a friendship to develop is you need to be able to ask um, good questions. Um, and at the end of the day, we have the Holy spirit on our side. So why not use him for some insight to really like love and bless, um, you know, the person that you're going to spend a bit of time with.
1: Great advice. I um, might put my own um, ideas in as well. I, I think it's not, it's okay to do the the fun things as well. You know, I wouldn't have been open with someone like Steve if I didn't have a mutual kind of sense of humour, a love of football, a love of hiking. You know, it's because of that good-natured friendship that I was then able to go to the the, the more depths and, and open up. But uh, I totally agree with Rich. You have to take the risk. You have to be the person who kind of utters those words and says you know I'm struggling with this or I'm in this place um can you please help me um and so yeah you know, I would encourage you guys um to be brave um and you know even during lockdown as as Rich said we can we can go on walks and it's perhaps a brilliant time to kind of get some stuff off your off your chest and and open up to a friend uh, and I know it's not so easy getting a big hug at the end nowadays but um No, I I think even in this time, we can be investing in our friendships. So, yeah, thank you very much for for this. It's been lovely to hear from you all. And and I really hope this podcast is is helpful for you. Uh, And good luck in building and maintaining some some wonderful, uh, fruitful friendships.
0: Thank you for tuning in. We really hope that you found that interesting. We'd love to hear your thoughts or any questions. So please drop us an email. For more information on the next event entitled Eternal Living starting on the 16th of October, head to aliveanddangerous.co.uk.